day world good day good day good day welcome back to my podcast this is history today with onik now as if what happened yesterday was not bad enough as if it was not bad enough that the nigerian police decided to attack people who came for a memorial like even if you don't have any rights in a country you have the right to mourn. But even that, nah, as if it was not bad enough, Lai Mohammed went ahead to say that the massacre was a phantom. God! <laughs> Honestly, I listened to a podcast, um, to uh, a friend's podcast last night, and she said something like, if you're not scared, you should be. I want to re-say it. If you're not afraid, terrified down to your bone marrows, <laughs> you really should be. Like, forget having the morals of, yeah, having morals that are based on the standards of right or wrong. There's literally no right in the minds of these people. Nothing. Like, no human rights. No rights. Like, something good. Like, Jesus Christ. It's terrible. Very terrible. Very terrible. People are talk. People have been talking on the radio and they're saying... They're saying... Um, the youth should step out of social media and vote come 2023. <laughs> People are saying that you only fight and protest for what you believe in. And so the government should understand that the only reason why the youths are doing this is because they still believe in this nation. Now, I apologize for saying this, but... <laughs> See what happened last year. We're worse off this year. And 2023 seriously looks like a mirage to me. Seriously looks like a mirage. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Youth, get your PVC. I do hope that our vote counts because this does not look like a democratic state at all. Like there's no de let alone democracy in democracy in what is going on in Nigeria today. Well, yeah. I don't even know what to say. God. Like, the things I want to talk about, the historical things I know, but then, right now, I'm just... Please stay safe as much as you can. Nigerians, please stay safe. These people are moving mad. Like... (laughs) Yeah, corona is not as deadly as these people are. Someone said that thing last year. And yeah, I'm just reaffirming it. Well, on to the history that I have for you today. Let me tell you about the disaster that happened on this day in 1996 in Aberfan in Wales. 
Now, the Abafan disaster was the catastrophic collapse of a colliery spoil tip. For those who do not know, a colliery spoil tip is a pile of waste materials that had been removed during coal mining and had been accumulated. Now, this heap of waste materials is typically composed of rocks, mud, sand, inorganic materials, and various other residues. I said is because I'm using one as a case study. There are thousands all over the country. Like, I should say millions, but yeah, I don't want to exaggerate it. So let's just leave it at thousands. <laughs> now, this, waste, this heap of waste materials may also be heavily contaminated with chemical waste, which determines how they will be disposed of. The problem is... The pile keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they have a lot of negative effects on the environment as a whole. Now, the bigger they get, the harder it to be for it to be disposed of, and so they're usually abandoned. <laughs> well, the one in Aberfan had been created on a mountain slope, and it lay over a natural spring. Mind you, it was just one of seven and was at the time a hundred, sorry, a hundred and eleven feet high. Now, at the beginning of October, heavy rain began in Aberfan and after three weeks, the spoil tip was totally saturated. It was totally soaked with water. And now the one solid waste changed from yes solid waste to heavy liquid with a density which is approximately twice the density of water (laughs) i've been in water that was on the road before like just that the only thing was water covered the road and i i know that i know how terrible it was for me to even lift my feet while holding other people like okay this is like okay i don't know if i'm going to talk about this but then that was like a crazy experience for me and this is something that has twice the density of water now this liquid waste flowed downhill at 11 to 21 miles per hour in waves that were between 20 and 30 feet the avalanche of spoil struck the Pantglass Junior School, demolished and engulfed the school in a thick mud, in a thick mud with sludge and rubbish. It killed five teachers and 109 children out of 240 students. The really sad thing is that the students had just arrived in school minutes before this ordeal. And it was the last day before their half-term holiday. The half-term holiday was supposed to start at 12 o'clock on that day, and this happened around 9 a.m. The landslide continued. The landslide continued, and another school, together with about 18 houses, were destroyed before the debt came to a halt and resolidified killing a total of 144 people in its wake, out of which there were 116 children killed. And these children were between the ages of 7 and 10. 
now many more were injured many suffered medical problems and many lived with ptsd including survivor's guilt now in one of the articles that i read some of the children that were interviewed said they could not step outside to play after this because the parents who had lost their children were in pain in anguish and this would just be like they're rubbing on their pain rubbing yeah just adding to their pain the national coal board ncb which was the body responsible for the spoil and blamed for the disaster was neither fined nor was any of his employees prosecuted can you imagine in the aftermath of the disaster a, memo- a memorial fund was set up and a total of 100 sorry a total of 1.75 million euros was contributed the spoiled tips were cleared and removed and the mines and quarries tips act of 1969 was passed to change the story like yeah to stop such a thing from happening again but then that had already happened another story i have for you today is about the mau mau uprising in kenya which was on this day defeated in ni- which was on this day in 1956 defeated after the capture of the rebel field marshal dedan kimathi now the maumau were the militant wing of a growing clamor for freedom and political representation in kenya records show that they were mostly ex-soldiers and women who had fought for the british ex-soldiers who had fought for the british during the second world war and who felt mistreated and undermined underpaid and unrecognized as opposed to their british counterparts who were awarded medals and lands some of these lands had even been taken from them and given to the british now, this Mau Mau also contained women, a lot of women. Because the authorities failed to redress and to reform their grievances, the Mau Mau launched guerrilla attacks in the colonial spaces under the cover of darkness. On the 3rd of October in 1952, they stabbed their first victim, which was an European woman, to death. Six days later, a senior chief who was one of the strongest supporters of the British was shot dead in his car. Now, in the days that followed and the years that followed, yeah, because it lasted for four years to 1956, the Mau Mau attacked and massacred troops from the Loyalist Home Guard and their families with guns which they had stolen, with bows, arrows, and machetes. They even maimed cattle and in one case poisoned a herd of cattle. Now the Maumau were educated, strategic, specific and swift as opposed to the home guard loyalists who were stigmatized as the running dogs of British imperialism because they took the side of the colonial government. Well, the colonial government used the attack as propaganda and retaliated. 
causing over 12,000 deaths among the Mau Maus and other forces in revenge. Now, I should add that even before this time, the British presence in Kenya had been marked by violence and dispossession of their land, and none of the prior uprisings had been successful. In fact, it was so bad that Winston, Ch- Winston Churchill at some point referred to the killings of these Kenyans, Kenyans as butchery. The British painted the Mau Mau as an irrational force of evil dominated by beast-like impulses and influenced by world communism. Now, communism is a political ideology where um, people advocate for the holding of resources by the community, like by everybody's, like communal living, like community living, which was opposed to the British way, the British colonial rule, which was like a system of domination and dispossession, right? And so this was a kind of psychological warfare just to paint these people black. Yeah, yeah, just to paint them black because, I mean, it wasn't their land. Now, this view was challenged by those who portrayed the Mau Mau as a radical and essential component of African nationalism, which was a movement that was in response to the unfairness and the oppression of colonial domination. While many others saw the uprising as a rebellion, while many saw the uprising as a rebellion, many others believed that it was in fact a civil war, as the warfare was not targeted, was not black versus white, but between the rebels and the loyalists. Now, after independence, post-colonialism, at the beginning of self-rule, the Mau Mau were rejected as a symbol of liberation. And Jomo Kenyatta, who was the first Kenyan president, even referred to them as a disease which had been eradicated, never to be remembered again. Now, this view was made easy because of the fact that the uh, Mau Mau attacks on civilians were very brutal. Now, further reviews show that the Kenyans and the captured Mau Mau suffered torture and ill treatment at the hands of the colonial administration. In fact, one of those people who had been captured was one of the women who had been captured. Okay, some of the men who had been captured were castrated. One of the women who had been captured was sexually abused by putting, because they put um, bottles that had been filled with boiled water into her vagina. Like, oh my God. Well, the main issues, one of the, the main things that caused the Mau Mau uprising were the fight for land, for freedom, and for self-governance. And that is why till today, Members of the movement, of the Mau Mau movement, are recognized as heroes and heroines who sacrificed their lives to free Kenyans from colonial rule. Yeah. Uh, for those who know George Judy, and if, yeah, for those who know George Judy, she has this, for those who don't, she has this um, juristic TV show. And this, this show has been running since 1996. Yep, 25 years. Well, she's 79 today. And her real name is Judith Shindlin. 
yeah she's 79 today so today is her birthday thank you so much for listening that is all the bits of history oh yeah everything that i have to say today have a good day have a really really good day for those of you who are sad who feel in a very dark place just try to smile and just know that tomorrow is going to be a way way better day but you have to put in the work to make that happen thank you for listening till tomorrow remain blessed bye